Welcome to Digital Health Unfiltered. I'm Sudipto Srivastava. And I am Nick Jeans. In this podcast, we share our insights from the cutting edge of health IT. Well, hello to the latest episode of Digital Health Unfiltered. So today we will talk about vaccine passports. You know, um, Dr. Bob Walker of UCSF had claimed um, at this point about several months ago that vaccine passports would be the most controversial thing related to COVID this summer. Now, it hasn't really risen to that level. It looks like we're still crossing the bridge on masks and vaccines and so on. But Nick and I thought that we'll spend some time talking about vaccine passports. Now, we would like to share with our listeners that third time is indeed the charm for the topic of vaccine passports. Yes, uh, third time for us, uh, but this is the first time our audience is hearing our profound thoughts on this matter. That's, that is true. Um, you know, we, we did a draft version of this uh, in July of 2020. I think at that time, Judy Faulkner of Epic had come out with some statement about my chart, having your COVID status stored. You know, we were months away from a vaccine at that time, you know, a very passionate discussion. Some of our colleagues had joined as well. And then in like earlier this year, in February 2021, when there was a little bit more traction in the space, we, we kind of recorded a draft version of our second episode. We didn't publish either one of those. And uh, now we finally get to share our thoughts with uh, our audience. And gosh, the landscape has changed so much and so fast. Yes, and it is fortunate that our listeners will never know quite how wrong we were in our predictions. And uh, like last summer, when we were first thinking about a podcast, I was pontificating that the vaccines were going to take a lot longer than anyone thought. They happened much faster. (laughs) And uh, I was also thinking, uh, even in the winter, was thinking that there was, you know, when vaccine scarcity was a real uh, concern, I kind of had this imagination that there would be a bunch of seniors going to, you know, concerts and ball games, and the rest of the adult population would be kind of locked out of that world. So things have unfolded a little differently than I had foreseen. Well, I mean, Nick, that's why we call this podcast Digital Health Unfiltered, because we just want to share our unfiltered views with the audience. Yeah, yeah. And look, uh, you know, when it comes to vaccine passports and the apps that are uh, making their way out there now, they are essentially just a a digital representation of the paper card that you're getting. And like in New York State with the Excelsior Pass, this is a a query into the state uh, vaccine registry, the same uh, query that uh, clinicians make all the time uh, when your kids are going into the doctor's office, et cetera. Look, the, these uh, these apps, uh, the QR codes that they display, maybe they're a bit better than paper because uh, you're less likely to lose them. Uh, they can expire, and you can renew them when you get new information or, or something. And uh, and uh, ostensibly, they are harder to fake. Although I don't know uh, if you just tried to take a screenshot of your QR code if that would that would work. But um, remember when Judy Faulkner was first talking about passports a year ago, these were originally conceived of as immunity passports, not vaccine passports. And they might actually include uh, things like your antibody levels, if you had them, or your last uh, negative test, or, uh, you know, you know, uh, other data, including like maybe uh, infusions of monoclonal antibodies and so forth. So we had, I think, originally imagined that they would be showing more data from more sources, but there's still um, kind of a window into your medical record. Yeah, no, thanks, uh, Nick, for the for that overview. 
and you know, I think the audience uh, sort of gets that. But just to clarify, you know, we're not going to get into the politics of vaccines and so on. You know, we're I'll just double click on what Nick said earlier that we'll mainly talk about the digital health angles to it. So, you know, in preparation for this uh, discussion, uh, you know, we did some research around this. And Nick, I want to start by maybe providing a bit of a landscape of where the U.S. and the rest of the world is uh, with vaccine passports. I mean, starting with the world, you know, Israel, India, Europe, Canada, you know, several countries are starting to create mechanisms for digital um, vaccination status, you know, where I read a recent um, Kaiser Family Foundation sort of report as well, even countries like China and Bahrain and um, Georgia, Estonia, even East European countries like Poland are looking into providing sort of proof of uh, vaccines and so on. I think um, Israel has been really um, the front runner in, in many ways. They have they launched this thing called the Green Passport back in July, which is required for sporting events, hotels, like tourist attractions, you know, essentially where, wherever they're at restaurants and so on, where, wherever they have more than like 100 people gathering together. Um, I also remember last year when my mom in India got her vaccine, the Indian government provided like a very approved PDF, with like the seal and everything else, which was a digital version of the passport. You know, Europe and the EU uh, COVID certificate system has have taken this upon themselves, mainly to facilitate travel between EU countries. And, you know, they, they have these vaccine passports. You know, it's a collection of information from hospitals, test centers, and so on. Like, you know, it, it really is the resident source that provides the data, but the government is kind of putting it uh, together. So clearly, there's a lot of interest in this area around the globe on this. Nick, how are things looking in Gosh, in well, there was a flurry of activity in the late winter and early spring. Um, I remember that's when that's when New York State introduced their Excelsior Pass. Gosh, I've had it for more than six months now, and I've still never been asked to show it. Um, and then LA County, San Francisco uh, made similar announcements. But I, I think that now that they're talking about, at least these cities are talking about requiring uh, you produce proof of vaccination before going to uh, indoor dining or certain events. Um, now I think you're you're going to see uh, more focus and attention to the to these apps and the, how they uh, their usability, their functionality, etc. Um, New York City also just jumped on the bandwagon and said that they're going to be introducing a, or they've already introduced a New York City uh, COVID pass. It's just an image. Uh, it's like Dropbox or even like your camera roll. You're supposed to take a picture of your paper COVID vaccine card, and then you can just quickly reference it. If someone asks you to produce it, you just tap on the app and it'll show your card. Someone quickly demoed it on uh, Twitter or something, and they took a picture of Mickey Mouse. And there's no there's no computer vision. There's no oh, yeah. image recognition. It's just going to – whatever you take a picture of, is that's what's going to display. So it, it, you almost got to wonder when you've got the, a state app that is querying the, the local uh, vaccine registry, why you would feel compelled to use this city app. You might as well just walk around with your laminated card or something like that. Anyway, that's uh, I've been I've been waiting for a chance to uh, show my Excelsior Pass uh, at some restaurant because I but uh, no one's asked me yet. But uh, how about uh, in your neck of the woods? Well, um, not sort of here as much. But uh, my wife recently traveled to the West Coast, and 
you know, in San Francisco, before getting into a restaurant, she was asked to show her vaccine sort of uh, card, not like the physical card itself. So she didn't have a passport or anything. So, I mean, clearly, I mean, it looks like there's there's a lot of different sort of cooks in the kitchen when it comes to vaccine yeah. passports. Uh, oh, I didn't know. even mention, I haven't even seen this yet, but Excelsior Pass Plus was just announced. Cuomo announced it like a few days before he announced that he was going to be resigning. And uh, so, yeah, Excelsior Pass, you know, was the collaboration with IBM and the, the vaccine registry here. Pass Plus is trying to use this global framework, uh, the smart health cards framework, um, that I think a lot of uh, European uh, countries are using. And so this will also help you get onto airplanes and, and travel internationally. Anyway, sorry, I just wanted to say. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a great point. Now, um, let's pivot a little bit and sort of start. Maybe I'd like to get some thoughts going on. If we, if you and I had to design vaccine passports from, say, scratch, like how would we want to sort of you know think about that? Because you know it's easy to poo-poo things and say, well, this is what you should do and this is what's what's wrong. I think let's uh, let's let's put our um, thoughts together on this. So I'll, I'll go out on a limb and sort of start first. Um, and you know the way that I look at it is I, I really want to break down the two sort of semantic words, the vaccines and the passports, because um, you know if you think about it, who really knows if what your current status with the vaccine, your, your current status with your vaccinations is, or your kids, it's your doctor's office or really the pa- place where you got your COVID or flu va- vaccines and where you got the shot from. So I think I would start by creating, and maybe I'm modeling the, the EU structure, maybe some of the Israeli structure by creating some sort of a national registry for that, where, you know, and even if it takes us a year or so to, to do it, COVID is going to be here for a while and maybe things like COVID will be here for a while. So I think it's, it's a worthwhile sort of effort. The second part is the word passports. You know, passports are issued by countries and that are generally backed up by a trust in an organization. And with vaccine passports, you know, trust has to play a big role because there's going to be fakes and there's going to be different people coming out of it. So I think I see frankly speaking, a big role for the federal government in this thing, you know, uh, because if I show up to a border of another country, they're not going to care about certain organizations, but they will care about, you know, what is the trust authority behind the issuance of that sort of vaccine passport. Now, yeah, no, that's, a, that's a good point. Now, and, you know, uh, go ahead, I go mean, ahead. And, and you can imagine like, gosh, what if you're vaccinated in a state that doesn't have a robust registry that can share their data and now you are visiting New York, like it's not clear at all that the Excelsior Pass would be able to query other state registries. And so you're kind of out of luck and you've got to hope that your state has the infrastructure to put up their own pass and that the bouncer will accept, you know, an <laughs> out-of-state pass or you're laminating your paper card, which is uh, uh, suboptimal. Yeah, that, that, that's true. So, you know, you know, having said that, I just don't think the federal government wants to step into this space. Um, I think even back in April, um, you know, one of the advisors at that time, Andy Slavitt, pretty much said that that you know, they don't want to do anything with it. I think the press secretary, Jen Psaki, sort of came out like more vehemently saying, nope, the federal government is not doing it. I think it's a missed opportunity because, um, you know, Europe's doing it. 
Israel's doing it. There's just there's just lot larger models that are sort of out there. Yeah, there, there's also huge parts of the United States where if you say, "Gosh, Europe is doing it," like that is not as persuasive as you might think. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But uh, yeah, it's like, "Gosh, they, all right." There's a lot of things that Europe's doing, and they seem to like it. But the rest of anyway, uh, just we're not getting into politics. Getting That's into politics. true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So now, Nick, just thinking about this. Um, were there any technical aspects of, you know, the rollout of the current setup of vaccine passports that like surprised you? Yeah. And look, we um, I, I go back to the original press releases and, and interviews that Judy Faulkner was doing as the CEO of Epic. She had been talking about, again, immunity passports, where it was going to be looking at a host of medical data in your chart and and like she never really distinguished whether it was all going to be in my chart which is the epic patient portal or a separate app that was just abstracting bits of of your medical record uh for you know the gatekeepers but um she kind of had this red yellow green kind of uh scenario where if you just tested positive or you're within the the 10 day uh window of testing positive or you had a high risk exposure uh, that was detected through some of those tracing apps, then you would be red. And if, uh, I know, we can imagine that you'd be green if you were, you know, vaccinated within the last few months or you had antibodies or something. And then you could be yellow if you were vaccinated, you know, more than six months ago or something. And uh, I keep coming back to that, especially now that we have data with Delta, that, uh, you know, vaccination may not be enough. And uh, so uh, maybe having a negative test would be a great additional piece of data to put into your passport app so that uh, you don't have to just be reliant on, on the status of the vaccine. Uh, but, uh, you know, even, even antibody status or getting monoclonal antibodies might be something that you want to display in your passport. But uh, gosh, other technical things, I, I got to say that Excelsior Pass is sort of uh, loose. Um, <laughs> I just had to download the app, type in my name, birthday, uh, gender, I think, and then zip code. And it didn't work at first. Then I realized I had to type in the, the zip code of the place I was vaccinated in and not my home zip code. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was a perfect match and all my vaccine information was displayed. And it's like, gosh, that that is not the most robust mm-hmm. matching. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then when you go to the Excelsior Pass website, IBM is there saying, you know, this is the most secure form in the world and, and we use blockchain. The experts say there was no good reason for blockchain to be involved. I, I don't know if they're like blockchain is about getting data from untrusted sources or anonymous sources, but we know exactly who we're dealing with here. We're dealing with New York State and their vaccine registry. So why would you even mention blockchain here? I think they're just trying to capitalize on the hype. Maybe AI was taken for that day. Yeah, 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 Watson. <laughs> yeah. They should have just threw Watson into here. <laughs> Yes. Well, this is this is great. So now we come to prediction time. Um, so where do we think vaccine passports go from here? And, you know, we'll go out on a limb and make a prediction. Uh, I actually went back to our thoughts from earlier this year and maybe even last year. So I kind of have like two predictions, the unfiltered one from February and then sort of the latest one uh, based on like new information that has sort of come up. But um, Nick, you go first. Okay, this is embarrassing because I thought by end of summer 2021, I thought more than half of uh, American adults will be using a, a digital health pass. And I think that is way, way off. I think maybe I know two people or something. <laughs> but it, it is it is not a huge number by any stretch. Yeah. 
you know, um, when I looked at my sort of February version at that time, I'd sort of said that, you know, we will completely botch it up, you know, that every private entity will have their own version. And, but maybe there'll be hope by the later part of 2022, um, where we can, you know, get things, uh, fixed. You know, I had been optimistic at that time that maybe Apple and Google and other large sort of, you know, data aggregators of some sort, like our personal data, um, might uh, might step into this space. So clearly that hasn't happened. Uh, but uh, my latest prediction is that is really based on the fact that COVID is here to stay for the foreseeable future. So while disappointingly there will be no federal role, I think there will be enough of a business or employment impetus um, work requirements to show vaccine passports or when you get on a flight or go to a game that there will be a push both private and government-led and so on. It will be federated to a sense where everybody will have. There will be many sources of information, but they will become a lot more sort of prevalent. So businesses may go out and roll it into their annual flu mandate, as many organizations Mm. do. So it will just be perhaps still a hodgepodge of things, but there will be enough of a demand out there uh, as long as the source of the information is verified and um, and let's see uh, how the how that goes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good guess, good, good bet. I'm just thinking um, maybe a little more long term that uh, I'm, I'm sort of thinking of three waves of digital health tech associated with the pandemic. The first was in the spring of 2020 when telemedicine uh, just became widespread and it went from you know like single digit, low single digits to like you know tens of millions of people using telemedicine for the first time. Then I'm thinking of the summer and fall of 2020 when really the the patient portal had its moment. Um, And just remember, this was the first time my mom was using her patient portal reliably and like, you know, logging in to check and see what her COVID test result was before Thanksgiving. Like We're all checking ourselves and tapping our phones to see if it was safe to go visit grandma and things like that. Um, now, I, I kind of the the next step in that is is these vaccine passports, where I think you're you're not just accessing information, but you're displaying it to a third party. And I think the horse is now leaving the barn. And you know, when you're enrolling a kid at school or you're you know going to a new job, um, right now it's still a lot of paper forms and a lot of like you know digging for old records. And I, I do think that. Uh, once this vaccine passport technology becomes widespread, you know we're, we're not going back. We're gonna we're gonna start you know using APIs and querying data and then sending it to third parties or displaying it to third parties uh, on our apps uh, so that uh, we don't have to keep uh, digging around and storing a lot of paper records anymore. That's my that's my prediction. Cool. Well, well that, that's that's interesting, and we'll we'll go back and check the tape uh, in seven yeah. months to see how we did. That's it for this week. Join us again next time on Digital Health Unfiltered. Please note that the views presented in this podcast are not to be construed as the views of Mount Sinai Health System or the Hospital for Special Surgery or any of its affiliates.